welcome to episode 8 of What's Your Jam. Uh, my guest today, Connor Twyford from Wellington Sexual Abuse Help. We had a lovely interview chat um, about her and her experience as the general manager and uh, in community work and also just talking about all the different jobs she's had to get to this point, which was quite a hilarious wee jaunt uh, content warning as she is the manager of Wellington Sexual Abuse Help. We talk about uh, sexual violence, um, not in any great detail uh, in that way, but just he- heads up, FYI. Um, something before we get into the interview that I should that I should really tell you about is that uh, I'm involved in a number of other friend shows because it's me, I'm Jen and that's what I do. Um, one of those shows is Easy Living which opened last night at Griffin Theatre uh, and is on until Sunday. It's at 6.30 Friday, Saturday and 5.30 on Sunday. Um, it's it's an improv show with Playshop and Playshop are beautiful and I've directed that and it's really lovely and you should come and check it out. The other thing I'm doing tonight uh, is uh, a surprise extra show. Uh, basically there was an 8 o'clock show at Fringe at the Griffin that got cancelled. So now there's an 8 o'clock spot and me and a couple of other improvisers have decided to just go along and do a show called Here's a Thing, which I did a few years ago at Fringe. Um, Here's a Thing. And we'll do some improv and it's koha, which means, you know, just come and throw some money in the hat. And it's basically a way for us to have a play together and also for um, us to help out the people running Fringe at the Griffin, which is not me this year. Um, Just so come along, buy some drinks, throw some money in the hat. That would be really awesome. Eight o'clock tonight and tomorrow. That's Friday and Saturday, the uh, 17th and 18th of February. There's another show coming up next week, which you should also check out, which is called Deep Space Niner, and that is an improvised soap opera that I'm directing and performing in. Uh, it's 25th of February at Bats Theatre from 1 o'clock until 11 o'clock. It's crazy. Check it out on the Fringe website. Um, that's probably all I need to sell to you right now. Uh, let's get into this um, this episode of What's Your Jam with Connor Twyford. <laughs> Not his wife. Which one's Phil? He's the Labour Party spokesperson for housing, used to work for Oxfam, blah, blah, blah. So no relation? No. You are Connor Twyford, no relation. No relation. (laughs) It's like a number of times. And Mm. I finally got to meet him. And I organised this public meeting in Mm -hmm. previous life. And I'm like... Phil, did people ever ask you if I'm related to them? He was like, Connor, if I had a dollar for every time, and I thought, that's why you're a politician. (laughs) Very cheery. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Uh, So you work for um, the Wellington Sexual Abuse Help, and HELP is an acronym. Is that right? No, HELP. Oh, it's not. HELP. HELP's the word HELP. Yep. Right. Yeah, so Wellington Sexual Abuse, the full legal name is Wellington Sexual Abuse Help Foundation, but that's a mouthful, mm. so sometimes we just call it help, Yeah. sometimes we call it Wellington Help, and when I want to start a conversation, I call it Wellington Sexual Abuse Help. Yeah, so, yeah. so that makes you nice and clear about what... What, what, what the co-papa is. Yeah. yeah. And you're the director, manager? What's the... I'm the general manager. The general manager. Yeah, so and I'm the boss, yeah. Great. And what does that job usually entail for, for help? Um, so... I guess I lead the organisation. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got, we're the sister organisation to Rape Crisis, mm-hmm. and there's another organisation called Wellstop that. Um, Wellstop? Yep, oh, and Wellstop works with the perpetrators of sexual violence. Oh, good. So, yeah, someone's got to do that work. It's yeah. really important, actually. Um, you it, sometimes forget that that's part of it. Like, it's not just going, okay, let's support these people. It's going, okay, how do we stop that stop person it. from continuing? 
to somebody else. Yeah, and restore them as human beings. So, you know, and there's mm-hmm. a whole justice, social justice agenda right mm-hmm. there as well. And, and a very deep, that's very deep work. So, well, stop. Rape Crisis and Us, and together we form the Sexual Abuse Prevention Network, or mm-hmm. we form the board of the network, and then fabulous Fiona McNamara mm-hmm. runs um, the Sexual Abuse Prevention Network, SEPIN, um, which does all that prevention education. Which, may I add, one, only 1.5% 1. of the whole government budget on, on sexual violence is on prevention. 1.5%. 1. 1.5% 1. of not very much. Yeah. So, yeah. Because funding's funding's quite big in the in the news. That's kind of when when these organisations get in the media a lot, isn't it? It's when they go, "Hey, everyone, our funding's been cut. Yeah, they're going to cut our funding. Our yeah. So our sister organisation in Auckland, Auckland Help. Yeah. Um, they went through exactly that a few years mm-hmm. ago, and, and uh, everybody rallied to the cause, and the you know the wolves were kept away from the door. Yeah. Yeah. So so the difference between us, us and rape crisis is often a question. So we have the twenty four hour help crisis line Mm -hmm. so um even though they're crisis focused as well we we're the ones that have the phone line overnight so Mm -hmm. we take all the calls in the evenings and people Mm -hmm. we have crisis workers that wait for those calls and Mm -hmm. get up if they have to and take go with the survivor to the police or whatever the Mm -hmm. or just have a chat or um kind of first response people first response Mm -hmm. and then during the day our social workers take those calls so we've got social workers crisis workers and therapists right. so once you you know once you have the call with the social worker or the crisis worker overnight um that person will work out what your immediate needs are are you safe you know do you need yeah. immediate help what's you know what are the issues um and then work out what the plan is from there with that person yeah because every person's different and absolutely they've got to have their own thing and and i guess that's probably what a lot of the funding goes towards is being able to support people in their own way Yep, and that's why we, both rape crisis and help are so important because we mm-hmm. provide that wraparound service. So we're not just a doctor, or you know, we're not just an, one service in isolation. We're here to look after the whole person and their whanau. Mm-hmm. Um So we might get um, someone ringing up who forty years ago something happened and they can't quite remember what it was, but they need to talk to somebody now. Yeah. You know, so it's all the variations or, or a parent that's their, their child's. Something's not quite right, and they mm-hmm. want to talk to somebody. So, or it could be someone who's just been raped. So, all of those, you know, it could be anything. Yeah. Um, There's so many different, I guess, not options isn't the right word. Yeah. Permeations of, of things that can take place. Yeah. And you've been in this job for a couple of months. Yeah. Have you always worked in this indus- industry? No, industry is not the right word, is it? Area. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, try saying this when you've had a couple of wines. Specialist sexual violence service sector. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a tricky one. Special sexual violence service. <laughs> Woohoo! What was the last sector. word? Sector. sector. We'll sector. start with this. Oh. Um, so I'm fresh to the sector. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got my own family history of sexual violence, but it wasn't top of mind when I applied for this job at all. Um, I come from a political and community organising background. Mm-hmm. Um, so my background's um, in politics, in um, building community organisations, working in the community sector. Mm-hmm. Um, I've run good employment uh, practice projects for mm-hmm. community organisations. So what does it look like to be a good employer in a community organisation when the pay's so rubbish? And, yeah. you know, it's often pigeonholed as women's work. So, you know, all of those issues, mm-hmm. you know, make for a pressure on funding. Um, but, yeah. I come, yeah, so that's kind of my background, campaign and comms. Campaign and comms. And with a, it sounds like a definite feminist bent. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. And one of the things I've been really reflecting on 
in that vein is, you know, how important it is that sexual violence isn't somehow separated off from the broader social justice agenda. So this whole thing that's happened with Trump um, mm. around, oh, you liberals, you social liberals, you're distracting us from the main project. Well, with your identity pro- politics. In- that identity idea. politics. When was, when was working with survivors of sexual violence not a social justice issue? You know, mm-hmm. it's right there and, the, and it should be front and centre. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so that's, uh-huh. real, that's a real... It's a big thing. I'm chewing on that one a lot at the moment. <laughs> do, you, do you often... Because it is that identity politics idea, isn't it? It's going like, oh, you're just looking at a problem that's only a problem for X number of people. Uh, yeah. And you go, no, this problem is bigger than that. Yeah. And even if it does affect a certain set within the community there's still people within the community and this it's not a distraction you know mm. it's it's a it's absolutely central to the whole cause you know that sense that um or that idea that we what we say in the union movement is an injury to one is an injury to all so mm. how is working with survivors of sexual violence a distraction absolutely not yeah. um because we're here to liberate everybody not just you know mm. pockets of people yeah yeah. And it's, it's also, I guess, one of those facets of liberation because part of it is getting women equal pay yeah. and getting equal work valued, you know, like not just people in the same job, but people doing similar jobs valued. And you go, and that's that's part of respecting women, which yeah. means it's also part of not hurting them. Not hurting them, whether it's um, through economic violence or mm. sexual violence or mm. emotional, you know, the whole thing's one big continuum. And so... I think the one bright light from the whole Donald Trump thing and, you know, there's echoes of that in New Zealand is actually it's kind of made a whole lot of women quite cross, yeah. you know. <laughs> so, yeah. so we're kind of rising up and I like that, you know. Yeah. It's kind of, yeah, it's ignited a yeah, with a the flame. Women's March and everything. Did you come to the march? I actually didn't. Um, I had my children, and and uh, you know, if if I had that moment again, I absolutely would have been there. Um, mm. and I would have taken them with me because, yeah, I've organised lots of marches, and that was a Saturday that I chose not to go. And then look what happened. But um, yeah, it's hard. You've got to like that happens. You <laughs> yeah. can't be at absolutely everything. You just do the things you can do. Yeah. Right? But look at that. It's just been so great. And so you know, one of the little side projects I'd quite like to see happen with helpers um, getting a whole bunch of knitters to knit us some pink hats and make it a fundraiser for us you know like let's get some of those pussy hats out there and you know associate it with sexual violence because that kind of leads me on to my other thing which is why is it we only talk about sexual violence when it's in the awful corner so when it's roast busters or something terrible happens then we all Mm -hmm. focus on the awfulness of it but there's been so much work good work done around sex positivity and Mm. um, sexuality and consent so let's put more money into that end of the spectrum and let's have a bigger more mature debate actually about how come we grow up our children in New Zealand without all the skills and knowledge they might have about how to good, have good relationships and yeah. you know whoever learnt what it is to tell your partner what you want mm-hmm. in a, in, when you're in an intimate setting like none of that didn't happen when I was growing up and yeah. I'm not sure how much of it happens now but that's the culture shift we need that's part of the culture shift recognising what a good relationship looks like and feels like and, and when you feel bad, yeah. you're recognising so, those feelings yes. instead of kind of parking them somewhere. Yeah, and going, not going, oh, this is probably my fault yeah. because I should be enjoying this. Why, why don't I like it? Mm. There must be something wrong with me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And 
Um, yeah, which is, you know, I, there's been so much good work done by so many fabulous feminists, mm-hmm. you know. So in, a, in many ways, I am the new kid on the block. Mm-hmm. Um, but I bring that freshness of thinking, absolutely, this is about not victim blaming. And this is about building that bigger, healthier, rose, you know, more vibrant picture of what it is to be, you know, enjoy, happy in your body and happy with your relationship. And yeah, and that means a whole we actually have to deal to the underlying issues of misogyny and patriarchy and here oh, you know. Oh, <laughs> so, oh, you know. Patriarchy. <laughs> you ruin everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I blame patriarchy for pretty much anything. Um, yeah. Pa- white supremacists, patriarchal. Cap- yeah. Capitalism. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. of those. All the things. This, this podcast is really becoming like hilariously um, <laughs> just, just anti-establishment. <laughs> <laughs> We just keep like we, we, I mean, I think it's just the state of the world. We just keep talking about like, and of course, in relation to Trump, <laughs> in relation to the world, which it just demonstrates just how much it sort of penetrates all the different things people do. Yeah, um, which is just crazy. So when you say you used to do political things, did you did you always work in the political or the community? I guess political community are very similar. Like you work in the community for political purposes. Yeah, I kind of ended up there. Um... I had a yeah, I had a few what teenage years I don't remember very well, and mm-hmm. then I um, I worked in the fishing industry um, in Australia. I'm kind of half. I was born in New Zealand, but lived half, grew up in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so we moved to Perth, 1970. Wrote a cheque for fifty dollars and bought a house, oh which I know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just blows my mind. Um, then I was a kid, and we, um, my parents were kind of adventurers, and so they got a bit bored. They used to sell this thing called Raleigh's Door to Door, which was like a combination of Avon and kind of horse food. Kind of worked. <laughs> Avon for horse food. Yeah, there was like lipstick, but also horse food. So. <laughs> Yeah. It was very New Zealand though. Oh. We, yeah, it was a, it's a New Zealand oh, thing. New Zealand. Yeah, and they took it to Australia. And yeah. um, I think oh, there was a big factory in Melbourne mm-hmm. where all the stuff came from. Mm-hmm. So then we got they got bored of that, and then we moved to an Aboriginal community in the northeast of the Northern Territory of Australia. Mm-hmm. So I had some time that kind of broke me out of the suburban kid mould. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, we went travelling for a year, and then we bought a health food shop in Alice Springs. So suddenly, mm-hmm. I was in the middle of basically apartheid in Australia. Oh wow! Um, yeah, where Aboriginal people were basically invisible mm-hmm. and treated really awfully. Um, and so, you know, so there's some deprogramming, I guess. So, you know, I came into that from a, being immersed in an Aboriginal community. To being basically in, in what felt, in retrospect, like South Africa, mm-hmm. and then we I finished my high school in North Queensland. I lived on an island just off the coast of Townsville. Used to catch the ferry to school every day. Then my parents bought a cafe. Um, I got into journalism, but parked that. Got a job waitressing, and then the fishing industry thing, which was awesome. What sort of job did you have in the industry? Oh, I, I worked with my partner. I ran a, we ran a boat, oh. catching one fish at a time out of the sea. So you were literally a fisher. You were fishing. Yeah. In the fishing industry. Yeah. That's so great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, on the barrier reef. Yeah. Yeah, so wooden boat, looked like a prawn trawler without the nets. Mm-hmm. Take five or six men out with us mm-hmm. um, and put a line down, catch one fish at a time. 
and you know if you catch 100 kilos in the morning that's pretty good and three weeks out at sea surrounded by awesomeness um but the fish catches started to drop Mm -hmm. um yeah it was you know the the money was really unstable but mostly i noticed the 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 declining fish catch and the ozone hole was opening up at the same time it was 1988 so i thought oh maybe i should see what's out there in terms of study so i ended up doing mature age entrance mm-hmm. um, thinking I'd probably destroyed all my brain cells by then but I managed to get into university at the mature age of 21 mm-hmm. and um, then I, I so I did environmental science went in to become a, an ecologist and came out a political scientist yeah. Yeah. I guess they're pretty linked though right yeah how we treat the economy and how sorry ecology and, and political decisions that we make yeah, so yeah. sociology, feminism, you know, mm. by second year I kind of worked out I was more interested in the hard, what felt to me like the hard stuff. Yeah. So I followed the politics and the power mm-hmm. and um, I ended up doing my honours in trade, uh, international trade and how that affected groups working for ecological sustainability because mm. that was the time when the World Trade Organisation was being created and it was locking out all the civil society groups that had anything that was kind of vaguely anti-business so that was a oh, right. early days of the TPPA really right. so when that rolled around I was like oh yeah this is all very familiar yeah. Um, yeah so that was the mid-90s and at the same time the Alliance Party was busy forming itself and doing great things over here and mm-hmm. so I was really interested in um, the you know the the red the green and, and the brown so there was a Māori sovereignty party called Man, Mana Motuhake that was the Greens as they were then and New Labour which had split off from old Labour and mm-hmm. so I came over here to offer my help mm-hmm. and say goodbye to Australia in 1995 and mm-hmm. um, yeah uh, they took me in I washed dishes at night till two in the morning on Ponsonby Road <laughs> and um, yeah I um, ran the local body campaign and then. Jim Anderson needed an, an EA, a secretary, so off I went to Wellington and yeah, I did that for about a year. And then Was it while he was an MP? He was the leader of the alliance oh, right. and then um, I ended up doing the general secretary job. So and then we got into government and I thought, oh, this is awful. This is <laughs> quite great. I don't want to be here. This is really crap. Yeah. Um, so I went to art school. Yeah. <laughs> Your career is so amazing. So art school, yeah. which one? Which art school? Oh, this is go? the thing, right? Because I was in this office. So we got into government. I w- worked in a minister's office, hated it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, warning, getting into government, be prepared because that's hard. It's a big challenge. Yeah, yeah. It's different being on the outside to being on the inside. Yeah, yeah. Some of it's very boring. You know? Paperwork. Yeah, Paperwork. so much paper. Maybe yeah. it's better now. That was 99. 2000 um it's probably a lot more electronic documents you'd hope yeah you would hope absolutely but there's all those cabinet papers and piles Mm. and piles of stuff to sign um yeah but when i was in that office we had a foreign affairs uh seconde and he said which oh you're going to art school elam or island i was like uh mastigen so (laughs) so great yeah so Masterton is an art school. Yeah, I think it's still going with UCOL. UCOL, oh, right, of course, yes. Yeah, yes, yeah, so right. I did that. And then yeah. halfway through that, the Alliance, oh, then the drama happened with the Alliance where Labour, uh, you might remember, um, uh, we sent some troops to Afghanistan, even though it was a Labour government, and half of the Alliance disagreed with that and half said, well, we've got to go along with it because we've got cabinet 
responsibilities and we can't just bail and so that basically was the you know the when the alliance started to implode mm-hmm. um and that was 2000 and, that was 2000 i think oh yeah 2001 i was in high school then right so i uh don't have a strong memory the, the main political thing i remember from high school is paid parental leave becoming a thing yes that was us 911 because that was my seventh right. year so that's my big political that was weird, wasn't it? Super weird. Yeah. Super weird. We, like, watched TV all day in the AV room because we're, like, seventh form students, and they were just like, we're just going to go, all right, everybody, today's class, we're going to the AV room and watching TV because this is quite important. Um, yeah, sorry, I, I walked in. I, no, I walked yeah. into art school that day, and they went, someone's just knocked down the Twin Towers, and I went, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> sure, whatever. You're, no, you can't make – I might be old, but I'm not that old, yeah. you know. Um, cause no, I was, no, no, really. It's real. I was like – Oh, yep. Oh, okay, so who's done that? So, you know, and what a big moment in the world's history that was in terms of ramping all the freaky freakery out. Um, yeah. So then we got George Bush. Oh, he was already in power, right? He was in power, yeah. 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 Oh, America. He, oh. Seems, he seems so seems in retrospect. Oh, isn't it terrible? He's terrible. Like going, Remember George? It wasn't as bad as... Remember just pictures of George and a monkey face and going like, look, he looks like a chimpanzee and like... And I know this is a diversion, things. but <laughs> Trump's not doing very well. Oh, you know, he's not. No. He's really not. Like he's... his national security advisor just resigned and the, they just overturned his whole thing about keeping immigrants and refugees out. Everything is terrible. Everything is terrible. <laughs> It's just, it's just been this background noise for the last, I don't know, what, is, has it only been like a month? I think it's only yeah, been a yeah. month. Yeah, yeah, he's he's, but he's already, he's hitting some barriers. So he, he can't get what he wants all the time. Which is great. Which is great. Except about how he's responding yeah. to it. Like, I'm not a political expert. I'm getting most of my knowledge from Twitter because... I get mine I, from Facebook. Oh, yeah, so. you know, you just get that, you get that rolling thing. And I want to believe I have the ability to, you know, uh, distinguish between the fake news and the, you know, the... Because there was such a big thing about fake news in the in the media, um, but just like the things that come through my Twitter feed, and the first week or so, I just was just like, I can't deal with this. This is agonising, mm. just awful. And that's, but I guess again, if you're looking for silver linings, things like that make you go, Oh my god, I can't do anything about that. Mm. But what can I do something about? I need to, I need to do something yeah. because that. That is so enormous, and I'm so far away from it, and it's like, it's not my government, so what can I actually yeah, do? Yeah, But in New Zealand, there are things I can do. So, like, I could join a political party, or mm. I can give money to NGOs, I can give money to people, I can sign petitions, I you can, can go to the march. say things, you I know, just be vocal. Yeah, you can, yeah, yeah. I can make a podcast where I interview cool people that say good things. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. my goal at the moment. Yeah, yeah. and I, I was one thing I read, I can't remember, but um, I thought, what it's done, right? So there's been oppression, so much oppression of so many different groups mm-hmm. of people. Yeah. And what Trump has done is rack up the, actually, the people who have had it pretty good for a while, you know, the, mm. you know, the middle class women. Um, you know, it's like, wow, this is outrageous. We're taking this back to the 50s. And all the oppressed groups are going, yep, well, I'm glad you finally worked that yeah. out. You thanks, know, so, thanks for coming on board. Yeah. We've been here a while. We've yeah. been working on it's this. It's been a bit shit. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, it's yeah. been awful. And I'm glad you're here. But please remember that you're still you, you're still culpable in some things. and Or not, not culpable. Um, you're still carrying around a whole bunch of privilege that you may or may not be conscious of. Yeah, there's so much privilege and there's so many, like, 
or like the the the, the, the crazy thing with the, the protests in America and they're being like, oh my god, they were such peaceful protests. The women's march was so peaceful and the cops were so on board with it. And everyone pointing out, it's because it was full of white women. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, the, the peacefulness of the march is basically determined by the police. Like, how they respond to you. And the police were cheery and, like, taking selfies with women and everything like that instead of turning up with riot and gear. Batons and batons. And batons and all that sort of stuff. And you go, yeah, there's, there's a lot to unpack here. Yeah. Like, so much. Yeah, so, you know, if it's rad- radicalised, the mm. kind of centre, then that's probably a good thing. I hope so. I, hope that's good. I don't know where I went. I'm going with it, but, yeah. <laughs> I think it was, you were, you, it was, it was your, in your career, yeah. you got it too. You were in the Alliance, it was a schism. Oh, and yeah. I, I pointed out that it was when I was at high school. That's oh, how, yeah. That's how and we, we had And Bush and yes. then Trump and, yeah. And so, and then we, so the Alliance was collapsing. So then we went to Vanuatu. Oh great! So you know, for a holiday for a uh, for work. For, for, well, uh, my then uh, husband he said, "Why don't we sign up for VSA?" He was quite active in oh, the alliance yeah. and gave yeah. a speech that on the conference floor that you know sent half the room one way and half the other. But um, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so VSA. So his thought he'd been a Springbok activist who's mm-hmm. a bit older than me yeah. was um, South Africa, but Vanuatu came up and. Because I, I, you know, often don't think much about things. I got, I went, oh yeah, that sounds good. Let's do that. <laughs> so, sure, yeah, yeah, okay, why not? Um, so, um, off we went to Vanuatu. I was at that time doing some work for a person called Philip Alpers, because uh, one of the portfolios in the minister's office I'd been working in was um, police. So I had developed some knowledge about guns, right? As you do, yes, yes. And so I went off to interview women in the Pacific about the impacts of small arms conflict on on them and on their community so yeah it was a whole big piece of work yeah how long were you there for i traveled around the pacific for oh about a year yeah um so i finally landed in vanuatu with dennis and he was teaching and i started working with artists they said you got a laptop do you want to come to a meeting i went okay we're living at the school mm-hmm. and um we turned that into a volunteer role and that was awesome. They told me what they needed, and I tried to figure out how I could help them, and they were driving the project, and right. it was You're a just great... like, here I am to support you. Yeah, community development. That's what real community development looks like, I think. Mm. Um, so, um, yeah, we did all kinds of awesome things. They're basically a cultural organisation mm-hmm. working to maintain the sense of culture in, in, on that island of Tana, which two years ago got beaten up by a cyclone. Oh, yeah, so I've been doing work with the local Ni Vanuatu community. Oh, so you've, you're, you've still got connections with them? Well, I kind of reconnected because of that, because it was so painful when that happened. And yeah. Such a wrench, um, even after years away from it. Yeah, so we did that, and then I came back, and then I thought I'd better get a job, <laughs> uh, thinking I might be an artist. Um, what still, sort of art did you do? Um, what do I, you do? I'm assuming you probably... Yeah, I still paint. So, um, painting. Yeah, so I ended up being a portrait artist. Oh, wow. Oil portraits. <laughs> That's so great. I was <laughs> oh, snorting on the radio. Whoops. I'm keeping it in. <laughs> it's all part of the Yeah, humanity. yeah, I totally snort all the time. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, yeah, I, I, while I was over there, I started my grad, my diploma in art and creativity through the Learning Connection. Yeah, yeah. and then we came back, and I thought I better get a job. So I got a fifteen-hour-a-week admin job in the community sector, mm-hmm. which anyone that works in the community sector will go. Whoa. Fifteen hours, yeah. whatever. <laughs> so that was the Council of Social Services, mm-hmm. and they were pretty much flat on their face. They'd had internal 
problems and the government had defunded them and of the time and so we spent that year rebuilding them and then finally after five years of trying I got pregnant with my twins oh twins yeah we got pregnant yeah so um they're 11 and a half now so I resigned I I went back to work and then I thought I can't keep doing this I miss my children too much and so I was off I stopped being a full-time mum for like two whole months and (laughs) And then then you went back and then there was this project funding that came up that I'd applied for to run a project promoting good employment practices in the community sector Mm because people in the sector had said when I'd organized a conference and I'd said what is the one thing we can do that would help you and they said fix our jobs Ah, so that kind of that thing about work has always been a theme for me it's like how do we look after the people that do the hard stuff Mm. you know um so that's been a real thread um because I've gone on to do lots of work on climate mm-hmm. um, and at one stage I would have absolutely pigeon, pigeonholed myself as a union climate activist mm-hmm. um, and absolutely I think those things are important and it's interesting how that links to sexual violence I think mm-hmm. um, but yeah so I ran a project basically you know trying to put together a story about how you look after people in the community sector and value their work when yeah. even even when there's no money there's ways to be good employers absolutely yeah because yeah i guess people doing work for you it's not about just going great here's your pay packet or great here's the here's the confirmation and the good reference it's 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 do you feel valued yeah are, are we... you looked after do you have flexibility do you feel like you've got power in this conversation about how this organization's going and mm. you know do you is why you joined us still the reason why you want to be here you know because we only have people for so long yeah and you can't expect people to like if there is either no pay or it's emotionally draining i guess i mean the work that you do now must be yeah like there must be astounding burnout rates for for some some areas if they're not looked after yeah yeah. Yeah. So you know, like I, so I ended up after that project working in the Public Service Association, the mm-hmm. country's biggest union, for mm-hmm. seven years, mm-hmm. and I took a thirteen percent pay cut when I left the PSA to work for help, even mm-hmm. though I was moving into a much more responsible role. Um, I was a campaigner there, and now I'm a general manager with thirty-four people to look after. Um, yeah. um, so you know, my way of looking after me, and we're building a workplace collective agreement. But my first thing was to negotiate every second Friday off for myself because you got to decompress from this work. And most, a lot of our staff only work four days a week by choice because it's really intense emotional work. And they've got those, you know, they're counsellors. They're most, I'm surrounded by fabulous women, you know, who every day something happens that grounds me and kind of shifts my emotional state. And mm-hmm. yeah, it is, it's really intense work and it's not the only organisation that carries that kind of load. Yeah, so, um, yeah. Taking time for yourself. It's really important. Yeah, just yeah. or just having sleep, yeah. you know, it's just, or taking mental health days. Yeah, yeah. and the option to, even like knowing that if you were feeling bad, you go, I can't do today. I just can't. I can't, I need to stay in bed just a little bit longer. Yep. Um, and, and knowing that your job, I guess, is still safe. Yeah. If you have that need. Yeah, and that you're not going to be penalised because mm. you need, time out you know like this is I'm not going to run an organization that's punitive because that that that's you know I think often organizations that do really hard work are haunted by the shadow of the very thing that they seek to resolve you know um so you know let's let's 
run an organisation where people feel happy and safe and able to take time off and not feel like maybe they're being judged for it. Yeah. You know, those things are really important. If you want them to be able to do their job solidly and and not and not leave you in a month. Yeah. <laughs> and also and like not and it's about them but also about your customers. Customers is not even the right word, but you know, in some industries it yeah. is customers, but in this one it's I guess clients. We talk about clients, which clients even that's a bit odd, but you know, yeah. it's the word that has become the thing that people yeah. use more than anything else. People. I like that word. But people you, know. you serve. Yeah. People you that you support. Yeah, if you want really to be delivering to them the best possible services, you need people who are able to yeah, do that. and well-rested and, yeah. you know, had time to process and space between clients and all those things. Yeah, and this is where the funding needs to be enough so that you can do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I expect there's probably the people, the kind of people who do this work would be the kind of people if, uh, if they were like, okay, we don't have enough money this week, but I really need to do that thing, I'll do it for free. Or I'll make it work, and I'll or I'll compress things because I cannot leave that one person yeah. without the thing. And we shouldn't be asking those people to do that. Yeah, yeah. It's, like we one of our social workers. Like the first day back, 9th of January, we all came back. So we had uh, like a skeleton operation over Christmas, the Christmas break. And the mm-hmm. first day back, she had to go and do an eight-hour video recorded interview with a survivor of sexual violence. Like eight hours with the, the police. Day. Yeah, yeah. Video like. Full on, and that's not unusual for her. So, um, you know, she's awesome. You know, I want to look after people like that and, you know, and value what they do and give them a sense. That's the other thing about the community sector is often there's no career pathways and nobody actually looking for a career. But actually, these are generally women um, with amazing skills, often with young children going, Mm -hmm. you know, they're going to want to build a life and a narrative for themselves and... When you say no career pathway, do you mean like there's not like a promotional option or like a financial ladder to go up? Is that yeah, the idea? Yeah, probably both. Yeah. Like, A, there's usually no pay scale, mm-hmm. so you get the pay, and if you're lucky, it goes up. Um, With inflation, maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, and B, there's no much, not much of a structure. So, you know, you come in and there's nowhere to go. So, mm. you know, you either go out or you get to run the organisation, maybe. Yeah, and there's um, only, there's only there's one way to do that. Yeah, or you get to be the team leader, but, you know, there's not, there's only, there's a, it's very small. You know, they're small and uh, they're crafted. Community organisations spring up locally because of like the response to local needs so there's a you know mosaic of survivor organizations around the country that do this work and yeah. that's because they are you know unique to their to the need in the local mm-hmm. community and so it's not like you can go like great well i was a senior designer and uh now i'm going to apply for another job and i've gone from junior to senior and now i'm manager because mm-hmm. there's not that sort of shared structure there's not that shared progression available yeah it's not like working i I don't know i mean it's very nothing's the same as it was is it i mean i was talking to my partner about how her uncle he worked for public trust for 50 years you know like nobody works who does that any nobody even works for five years anymore in one organization but we've got people at help who've been around for 30 years in and out they've gone away they've come back because the kaupapa is so strong and it's their speciality Mm -hmm. so you know i i carry that awareness of how often people stay in this space because it is their passion mm-hmm. and how new I am and but you know I still have lots to contribute yeah, yeah um so I'm different but you know I bring I think that's other pretty, skills it's useful though to have fresh eyes I guess because if you were in the one job for 30 years you may find yourself I guess sort of 
doing what you've always done because it's always worked and and not change things up or or go on hang on what if we thought about this thing differently so yeah it's probably good to have a new person in yeah and and it, you know when you I mean we all have different skill sets and so <clears throat> you know um if you're a counsellor, you may not be a campaigner, you know, mm-hmm. so I can come in and say, well, you know, actually, it's election year. So how about we launch a State of the Nation report on sexual violence right before the budget, which is my plan. Ha ha. So, <laughs> so space. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, so how come there's never been a national campaign on sexual violence, you know? So we've cracked, we've begun the process of getting people's heads around domestic and family violence, you know, everyone knows about it. it's not okay now and, mm-hmm. you know, there's critiques, there's critiques of that campaign but for better or worse it's doing pretty it's well. There. It's, it's there. Um, White Ribbon's there again, you know, there's critiques, critiques there, there, absolutely, but, um, you know, if you talk to the average person they'll they'll say it's not okay now and there's male role models that are walking the talk and, you know, it's getting into some pretty deep communities and, That's you know, positive. and... Yeah, gang members are saying we are who we are because you've created us because you've set up structures of inequality and oppression that create the need to belong to something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've taken us away from our whānau and, you know, no wonder we're, you know, we're who we are. And, you know, but for one of, uh, but, but it's, you know, it's by chance that I'm not in a gang. I could have gone down that road in my teens. Mm. So, um, you know, we. I think one of the things that neoliberalism really doesn't get is that we're all flawed and human and shit happens to people, yeah. you know? And suddenly, you know, you can be down a very different road from the road that you thought you were on. Um, mm. And, you know... Circumstance dictates so much of of who we are and how we end up. And people want to believe... I, I think we want to believe that we're in control of our own destiny. Yeah, if you and just that, work harder. And... Yeah, hard work and I earned this thing that I get. And yeah, like, and why not you? You totally did. Like you, did, Good job. You did You did earn things, <laughs> but there's also circumstances. Yeah, you, maybe that, you're male and white. And, yeah. yeah, maybe or there's Or just some... you met the right person at the right time. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and, and being able to meet someone, the right person at the right time, is, is a fluke of luck, luck and luck. privilege yeah. and all these things. and. You know, opportunity comes for everybody, but but, but let's really make sure that everyone's got those opportunities. Chances, yeah, yeah. Make it, you know, make it easier for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Man, if we were in charge of the world, I know. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then people say, "Oh, it must be hurt, hard working in this space." But you know, you try talking to people about union. Mm-hmm. Um, when um, only twelve percent of people in New Zealand are in unions anymore. You really? know, yeah, absolutely, yeah. That's hard. Mm. You can try campaigning for better funding for public and community services. And, yeah, and this is a, you know, the thing about sexual violence is it's widely, deeply felt, you know. Like, it is it's time we all talked about it, you know. Mm. And I think that time is now. And, and I'd like to see on this election agenda for this year in this country, mm-hmm. equal pay. Yeah. So let's talk about funding for sexual violence. Let's have a, um, an inquiry into historic abuse in children's homes. You know, yes. let's tackle the hard stuff because yeah. tucked in there is a whole lot of, you know, let's talk about mental health and how come people get out, you know, that, that we lose people from institutions because they're not being looked after because there's not enough staff and, mm. you know, all those things are part of a big package. Is there a thing at the moment about they're trying to get... Um, leave guaranteed for victims of domestic violence yes that, was it in the government so or like was a bill that was being discussed that's a so um in parliament you can put a bill in the ballot right. as any mp mm-hmm. of any 
party, and that's called the members' ballot. And it's so, a biscuit tin. It is a bit. It's actually a biscuit it's tin. Bis- it's a biscuit tin of democracy. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> the great biscuit tin of democracy. Yeah. Um, so every so often, you get maybe I think is it once a sitting um, period they draw out of that tin, the biscuit tin, and so in December. Um, Green and PJ and Logie's domestic violence bill was drawn out of the ballot, um, mm-hmm. and that's about to go to first reading, or mm-hmm. actually the vote, uh, yeah, first reading, and if it gets past first reading, then it goes to select committee where people get to talk about it. So mm-hmm. the big moment is coming, and it's actually on International Women's Day on March the 8th, because it's been rescheduled, and <laughs> by <laughs> come on, <laughs> fortuitously landed on International Women's Day, yeah. and that would give... Um, Victims slash survivors of domestic violence, 10 days paid leave, mm-hmm. paid for by the employer mm-hmm. to go and sort their stuff out, plus some other flexibility as well. And mm-hmm. so the big debate then becomes about money, but actually the, there's some big employers in New Zealand that have already taken it on, like Countdown, mm-hmm. who say, actually, it doesn't cost us very much, but what it does is change the whole culture of the organisation, yeah. make it's it safe. more than the money, Really it's about looking after people, you know. Yeah. And Australia's, you know, they've done a lot of really good work already over there, and mm-hmm. there's plenty of evidence that it doesn't cost very much, but the the impact on on people that need it is is priceless. Yeah. And it's it, it may also cost you less in the long run because you get to keep that stuff. You get member. to keep that person. You get to keep them, and they want to work for you, and they yeah. feel valued, and they feel looked after. Yeah. Look after people, and they are nice to you. Yeah, they it's do. Really they work so harder. Simple. Yeah. They, you know, they give more. Yeah. 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 We're more than our work, but also, you know, look after us. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I feel like that's a whole lot of stuff. And, um, yeah. Uh, thank you so much for coming and talking to me. Um, uh, and you would for help. And we'll, we'll chuck some links and things in the oh, description yeah. for various things. And as soon as that campaign starts, we can, yeah. we can brag about that. Awesome. Yeah. Was it, is this the, is this the media announcement? Kind of. <laughs> Yep, I suppose it is. I do make stuff up, stuff up as I go, um, but yeah, but you know, it's it, it is in the absence of a national campaign. Let's get it on the election agenda, and in, yeah. in a non, I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not aligned to any political party. Let's just, you know, because it crosses political divides. Yeah. But um, you know, let's talk about sexual violence and, and why it's under why the support for it. And the education for it is so underfunded. And mm-hmm. I know the government's, you know, put quite a lot of money, new money towards it, but it's not enough. And, you know, so let's let's revisit that. Yeah. Let's revisit that. Thank you very much for coming and talking. Awesome. Thank you. That was episode eight. That was Connor Twyford. She was great. Uh, and she liked Muscones. She'd, uh, she'd even already had lunch and I still managed to get her to eat one of my yummy scones. Um, thanks so much for listening. We've got 14 more episodes to go uh, and a number of other guests to share with you. Um, check out whatsyourjam.nz if you have anyone that you want to suggest for an episode, if you want to check out past episodes. Uh, and have a wonderful weekend. It's Friday. Have a great weekend. I love your work. Ciao. What's Your Jam is recorded in Wellington and is part of the New Zealand Fringe Festival 2017. Music by Robbie Ellis. Casual interference and support from Molly the Cat. 
Tea provided by Tea Leaf Tea on Manor Street. Jam expertly crafted by Bachmans. This show is hosted and produced by me, Jennifer O'Sullivan, and you can find useful links, more episodes, and suggest future guests by visiting whatsyourjam.nz. Thanks for listening.